Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. I don't think we'll be able to top March for excitement on the Michigan athletic scene, but we have red-hot baseball and softball to watch. And this Saturday, it's spring football under the lights. It would be nice if the weatherman would help us out. It has been a dreadful start to April as far as baseball and softball are concerned. And for the spring game, it looks like rain and cool weather. Hopefully not as much rain as we experienced during that Michigan State fiasco in October, but it sounds like you'll have to bundle up and bring the rain gear if you're heading to the big house. If you're staying home, the game can be seen on BTN Saturday night. My guest this week on our game day segment is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports, here with our monthly recruiting update. It's a long segment today, and there's a lot to talk about. First, a few news and notes to get us started. There were multiple stories on Monday stating that Ole Miss objected to Shea Patterson's waiver request when they responded to the NCAA in March. According to reports, Ole Miss responded at the deadline set by the NCAA. What that means for Shea Patterson and Michigan is unknown. We still have no idea when the NCAA will render a final decision. Patterson has been taking part in spring practice and is scheduled to play in Saturday night's game. Wolverine tackle Grant Newsom hasn't been cleared to participate in spring practice or play for the 2018 season. Newsom is currently a player coach with Michigan. Newsom continues his rehabilitation more than 18 months after he sustained a dislocated right knee in October 2016 against Wisconsin. ESPN's Football Power Index predicted every Big Ten team's 2018 final record, and it forecast the Wolverines at 9-3. Specifically, it projects that Michigan will lose to Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan State this season. One facet of college football doesn't have an offseason, and this is, of course, recruiting. Sure, there are dead periods and the new early signing period, but in reality, in this modern era of college football, if you're not recruiting every day, you're asking for trouble and you're falling behind. The class of 2019 is off to a pretty good start. As usual, Jim Harbaugh and staff have spread the net far and wide from coast to coast, but it's also going to be a good year right here at home. Up next is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports with our monthly update here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Work. Back with us on our game day segment this week for our April recruiting update and more. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Great to have you back, Steve. Thanks, Mike. Always a pleasure. Well, Steve, we're up to seven hard commits in the class of 2019. I can't remember when we talked in March if it was five at that time, but it is seven now. Last week, we picked up a three-star defensive end, Gabe Newberg from Clayton, Ohio, and I have to admit that name was new to me. Your thoughts on him? He did pop up. You know, Michigan's recruiting board, I, I always it's kind of like an amoeba it just like shifts and moves around all the time it's it's always very that's one of the hardest things about the staff is trying to figure out you know I think some one week a guy will be a top target a guy thereafter the next week they'll be hardly recruiting him so you know it's very touch and go I guess the way they go about it um, Newberg's big thing is he had a really strong connection with linebackers coach Al Washington uh, Washington 
when at when at Cincinnati was the first offer uh, of Newberg uh, for Newberg uh, of the recruiting process. So there was a, a definitely a connection there. You have to assume, obviously, Washington probably pitched him a little bit to the staff. Uh, I think one really big plus again, I, you know, maybe fans don't want to hear this. I always look at a defensive end out of Ohio who has a Michigan State offer, and I think this guy can probably play football. Uh, I know Bill Green, our, our our national guy, he's based out of Ohio, actually kind of compared him to Chase Winovich a little bit as far as that unrelenting motor, uh, you know, effort guy, you know, and, and I don't know, sometimes those intangibles are kind of chuckled at a little bit, but no, I mean, I think he's got that in his film, but he's a little bit longer than Chase is, and uh, is a guy that could take that week, want to be one of the guys at that weak side spot eventually, I feel like. So, you know, they're going to take quite a few defensive linemen in this cycle. We know, you know, Chris Hinton remains solid. Heron, it's still kind of up in the air, I feel like. So, you know, they needed another guy. Uh, they're not done at that position either, but but Newberg, I think, is uh, he's a huge Michigan fan too. Uh, when that offer came in, it was pretty much a done deal, provided Michigan would accept his verbal, uh, which obviously they did. So it was pretty much a done deal at that point. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, you get a few of those guys every cycle who would maybe run through a brick wall to play for Michigan mm-hmm. um, with the added bonus that he, he does look like a guy who could become a player. Uh, I know we say this about a lot of the low, you know, when they're not like a four-star, or I think he's like an 85 or an 86, uh, but I'm really interested to see where his ranking goes going forward. I know his grade, his first grade, was primarily based off a game. Uh, one of our analysts was out there in a, in a game that basically turned into like a mud bowl. Uh, you know, so difficult, you know, when they try to make an in-person grade in, in that situation. I like his film. And like I said, you know, this is the kind of guy I feel like Michigan State would have turned into a player. Uh, they have such a long track record at that position and turning these types of guys into players and obviously, you know, Madison Brown more than capable of, of doing so with him. So nice pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you want a guy that wants to be there more than anything. And uh, like I said, Iowa, Michigan state both offer. I mean, those are both programs that I think people, I think some staffs take notice when schools like that offer a guy. Well, I'm not sure if Caden McNamara had committed when we did the March update. So let's get your take on him again and and why Michigan went after him so hard. Yeah, that one was not a surprise necessarily. Uh, I think it was a surprise when we never even, I don't think anybody had caught wind that he was even on campus, actually. Uh, You know, he decommitted from Notre Dame. He's out of Reno, Nevada. Uh, You know, Alabama, USC, Michigan were were kind of the three schools mentioned most. I don't necessarily believe anybody expected him to um, almost immediately. I mean, it was a couple weeks after he decommitted from Notre Dame uh, that he's on, you know, with Michigan now. I like him. I think he's a high floor, moderately high ceiling guy. Uh, he just had a pretty good performance at the Adidas 7-on-7 seven seven National Championships yesterday. Uh, he can get out of the pocket, make some plays. Really a nice, really nice start. You know, he he's another guy, too, uh, I think will rise uh, as the rankings continue. I'm sure he'll probably be in contention to compete at the opening in, in Dallas this summer. And, uh, again, you beat Alabama, USC, USC especially. I mean, Alabama's just had the, I think, the great-grandson of Bear Bryant actually just committed to Alabama to play quarterback. Michigan was recruiting him, too. But, uh, you know, USC wanted him. Notre Dame obviously wanted him. So uh, you beat two blue bloods like that 
for a four-star quarterback, uh, you're going to take it any day of the week. So, you know, the question now is, will they take two? You know, we talked about that all mm-hmm. of last cycle, uh, that they that they wanted to take two. My instinct, the way that it ended up playing out with them, basically, in my opinion, cooling on Kevin Doyle at the very end, I think it was more a product of, you remember Joe Milton had enrolled by the time the second signing day had come around. Boy. I think they were so impressed with what they'd seen out of Milton that they felt comfortable maybe going with just him in 18 and then maybe shifting to 19 for two because I, I, I think at some point they have to take two scholarship guys at quarterback. Um, they're still recruiting guys as they always do, um, but I think this is the cycle where I think they're going to attempt to take two. It's always easier said than done. Um, you know, these, these guys that they're still recruiting, Graham Mertz, Wisconsin commitment, Wisconsin's not recruiting a second quarterback. So if you're him, you know, wouldn't you rather maybe just kind of be the guy at Wisconsin, you know? So that's kind of where you recruit to your, uh, it's just difficult. You know, you want to make mm-hmm. sure you take the right guy first, who's willing to be in a part of the, the two man class. And then, uh, you got to kind of go from there. So yeah, McNamara though, real nice addition to the class. I like him as a quarterback here. Uh, they're just, they've done a really great job recruiting the quarterback spot. So, you know, I posted this last week on the site, said it a few times, but I think starting this year, I, I, I think last year, I think was the worst that you'll ever see the quarterback position played uh, at Michigan under, under Harbaugh. So uh, yeah, future's really bright there. They keep adding. Well, if we do add a second quarterback this year to the class or next year to the class of 2019, the one kid I read about, and we talked about him before, is three-star Sam Johnson uh, from Wald Lake Western. And I know he's he was well aware that Cade McNamara was coming. He said the coaching staff had discussed that with him, and he said he's not afraid of competition. So he is still very warm uh, on Michigan, isn't he? Yeah, I'm interested to see where that one goes. I know uh, Alan Triu, another one of our national analysts, recently switched his crystal ball to, to Boston College. Uh, I think Johnson would be a really good second quarterback in the class. I think he is a higher upside guy uh, who, again, I think sort of in the mold of Newberg, you know, a kid out of Wald Lake, I think would have dreamed of playing for Michigan as a kid. Uh, I think I think he remains a possibility. I'm just, I'm again, it's just their board shifts so often. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting to me to see where, where they end up going. I know a couple of the guys they were recruiting – I don't believe they are anymore. I feel like they've kind of cut it down a little bit. Uh, you know, and Johnson was just on campus last week, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, his teammate Spencer Brown, who's still uh, verbally committed to Michigan State. So uh, I could see Sam being the second guy. I think that'd be a nice fit with McNamara there. Uh, McNamara more the six foot, six foot one, you know, pure dual threat guy. Johnson reminds me more of. Uh, more, I think he's more of the classic pro style between the two, for sure. Uh, Johnson can definitely get out and make plays with his feet, but it's sort of like Milton, where I think uh, maybe labeled as a dual threat when he's more of a pro style. I mean, Joe Milton is a pro style guy all the way. So, um, you know, I, I think Sam's definitely still a possibility there. I know my crystal ball is still on Michigan for now. It's just I want to see how things play out here for a little bit. I assume the quarterback position's funky. Uh, a lot of these kids always commit early. And, uh, you know, so I assume probably within the next month or so we'll have a 
really good idea of maybe where quarterback's going to go from here. Well, Steve, as far as running backs in this class, we've talked about Michigan going hard after five-star uh, Covaris Crouch from Charlotte uh, and four-star John Emery Jr. from Destrehan, Louisiana. How are we doing with those two kids? Probably about the same. Uh, I, I do know Crouch for sure uh, is expected to be on campus sometime this spring or summer. No concrete date there that I'm aware of, but I do know Michigan is fully expecting him back. Uh, with Emory, it's kind of just it's getting into the mix now. Uh, he's starting to take some other visits. I know Michigan was prepared for a battle there. Uh, I think he's been to Auburn. I think Auburn's a real factor. Uh, he was just at Georgia this weekend. You know, a kid out of Louisiana, again, we've talked about that before, about it's just not as easy to recruit as it was when they were getting Chris Howard and Anthony Thomas and, you know, those guys back then. You know, so... Uh, the, yeah, the landscape of recruiting has maybe changed a little bit in that regard. So uh, he's going to be a battle, but I do know, I, I think Michigan, I would probably put Michigan in the top three for Emory for sure. He is not a lock to LSU at all. Uh, Destrahan's actually a program where, you know, it's kind of weird in these states. Like, uh, you know, I look at Ohio, you know, the Cincinnati area is not as, you know, they're not as big a lock to Ohio State as they are in. Cleveland or, or you know other areas of the state. Destrahan's kind of that spot uh, in Louisiana, a program that churns out D1 talent like literally every single year. I think they've had like a four-star guy for the last six, seven years. Uh, some of them go to LSU, but not all of them though. You know, unlike New Orleans, where you know most of those programs, it's it's LSU or nothing. So uh, so he's definitely open to going somewhere else. It's just a matter of you know can Michigan kind of be that school uh, again? They've done a really really good job recruiting him it's just uh it's gonna be tough and there's just no way around it well another two kids that you uh, have listed over 24 7 is warm for michigan uh, one is all-purpose back wandale robinson he's a three-star from frankfort kentucky and daniel carter he's a four-star from a great program we're familiar with st thomas aquinas down in fort lauderdale one of the best programs in the country any chance either of these kids will commit or even soon not sure about a commitment uh robinson was just on campus but three weeks ago, uh, that's when they offered him. Actually, uh, primary recruiter is, is Jim McElwain. Uh, interesting to see, you know, what he'll do on the recruiting trail. I know he's he's been helping Michigan out with some guys in Florida uh, and in the SEC area already. Uh, Robinson's a guy. There's a couple guys they offer. There's a Kyron Johnson out of St. Louis too. Kind of similar, all-purpose guys who are. Uh, I don't know if you turn on Robinson's film. I mean, he is a blazer. I mean, this guy's he's one of the fastest players that Michigan's recruited uh, that I can remember. Uh, and that's obviously that's his draw is his pure speed. So, uh, you know, I, his offer sheet is solid so far, but not national. I wonder if he's a guy Michigan can maybe wait on a little bit uh, and see where things go. Uh, but I do know that they're really intrigued by his speed. Uh, kind of a guy that they could get the ball, get the ball into his hands a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, I think I want to say they even mentioned just brought special teams up to him too. You know, as a potential special teams guy, as a returner, uh, which you don't actually really ever hear that very often. To be honest with you, when yeah. I heard that, I was I thought that's kind of one of the first times I ever heard them actually pitch like, "Hey, you could return punts for us." You know, they don't really talk about it that often. So, um, so that was interesting. But uh, a blazer with Carter, kind of interesting. Carter if I remember right, it's half and half being recruited as a running back by some schools and as an outside linebacker by other schools. Uh, I think Miami 
I want to say has done a, good, a pretty good job there. Not sure with Michigan. If I, I would guess that Michigan probably prefers him at outside line. I know he's listed as a running back. Our system on 24-7 is kind of funky. We try to switch the positions, and it uh, doesn't work sometimes. Uh, as a running back, I, I think maybe some interest, but I think there are plenty of other guys they've offered that are a little bit higher on the board. The other, Like I mentioned, Kyron Williams out of St. Louis. Uh, Brees Hall out of uh, Wichita, Kansas. He's actually teammates with Marcus Hicks, a big defensive end target, uh, is a guy that they just offered they also really like. So uh, a couple other guys there uh, to look for. But, yeah, I'd say Robinson of those two. Robinson's the guy they're definitely more interested in right now. As far as wide receivers, you have four listed as warm uh, at 24-7. Micah Pittman, four-star from Calabasas, California. Kyle Ford, I think we've talked about Kyle before. He's a a four-star out of Orange, California. David Bells from Indianapolis. Asia Turner, uh, another California kid out of Carlsbad. How many receivers do you think we're going to take in this class? I was just thinking about that this morning. There was some discussion about numbers uh, on our board. And uh, I think two. I'm guessing because again, this isn't this isn't going to be a, a big class. I think it's going to be a little bit bigger than people think, but it's not going to be what 16 or 17 mm-hmm. was. Uh, I would say I would just I would look at two maybe as the baseline number right now. Uh, you know, they only took the one last cycle with Ronnie Bell, and uh, and you know we know the story with Ronnie Bell is a guy that I think has some uh, development still ahead of him I think he's really intriguing I don't think he got a fair shake from most fans if you actually watch his film and if you watch his basketball film uh, as a super athlete uh, I think it's going to be really interesting Uh, but I do think you know they have the four and 17 that really the reports so far this spring are positive on all four of those guys in Collins and and obviously Black Peoples Jones and then Oliver Martin too so they're getting production there but I think yeah you got to take at least two you know, Kyle Ford, I think the story's kind of the same. Uh, he's a big baseball player, so I don't think he'll be coming out back out this way until his baseball season's over. Uh, Micah Pittman, kind of your typical national prospect, I think he's going to be a really difficult pull. I would probably watch Florida there. Uh, obviously, though, you know, USC always, like, it's just always seems to end up that way. David Bell's interesting. I think David Bell's a guy Michigan I'd have felt good about for Michigan a couple months ago. He's actually a really good basketball player, too, like legitimately good basketball player. And there's some programs that are starting to pitch a two-sport type thing, including Purdue, which if you're Purdue, that's like that's what I would do because that's kind of what you have to do sometimes to you know compete nationally uh, with some of these schools is to kind of think of a unique pitch. you know. And, and is he good enough to play at Purdue basketball? I, I I think some think he is actually, is you know maybe a bench guy or whatever. But you know that's a really enticing pitch to play both sports. You know I know Michigan State did it a few times back in the day with a was it Matt Trannon is the yeah. one I always think of. But you know some other guys where you know that opportunity to give both sports a chance is is really enticing. So uh, I know Purdue, Ohio State, obviously still involved there, and then, and then Michigan too. You know, but that one's not going to be as easy as maybe it could have been uh, a month or two ago. Turner, a little less familiar on him. I do know um, Michigan was a was a pretty big offer for him. I want to say Oregon is a program that's been mentioned with him quite a bit. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see if any of these Cali kids come out for the officials this spring because I think that's kind of what Michigan would want. Uh, you know, the early official visit period is a new thing this year. 
interested to see, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's a big advantage for Michigan because normally a kid like to say Pittman, for example, a kid that I wouldn't have given Michigan much of a shot with, if they say they can get him for an official this spring, it gives them a taste of what Michigan's like, you know, instead of having to wait until October, November, when they've been to USC like eight times or <laughs> been to UCLA like six times. You know what I mean? Though it's like, yeah. you know, they these kids play in these 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 big cities where the, the big city schools right there and it's you're paying on your own dime normally, uh, if you want to go see a Michigan or or a uh, an Ohio State, you know, if you're in California, if you want to go out there you have to pay your own way. But now you can get yeah, that can all be taken care of, you know, in the spring. And then it, it a it gives Michigan a good idea is like hey is this like really a kid that we're gonna have a shot with you know instead of not instead of wasting four or five more months recruiting him and then hosting him in October to find out yeah I don't really think this kid's that interested in Michigan uh, you know or it didn't the visit didn't go spectacular you know at least you can get that out of the way in April or May now yeah. and and know uh, you know maybe where things stand better and then you can build off of that visit and go from there so you know those Cali guys you know they're actually uh, John Dunmore out of, uh, I want to say Chaminade, Hollywood Chaminade, uh, one of the best receivers in the country. He'll take an official visit this weekend to Michigan for the spring game. Uh, he's a name to watch. You know, it's I think it's Florida, Florida State. Uh, same deal, though, right? I mean, he's been to both of those programs like four times already. And so, you know, Michigan can get him up in April. And then I think that's a great litmus test for how these early officials will help Michigan because I think they'll know right away, like, yeah, I think we got a shot here. Let's keep pushing or not. Nah, you know, he's probably going to stay close to home. Let's, let's work some other guys instead. So, uh, it wide receiver is going to be interesting. You know, Kyle Ford's kind of Ford and Bella been kind of the two names I think talk most about, uh, they've put some recent offers out there. I think they offered Frank Ladson, uh, out of Florida, who's one of the best receivers in the, in the cycle for sure. Maybe the best in my opinion. And, uh, let's say they offered, uh, was it George, can't remember the kid's last name. He's from Auburn, Alabama. Says he'll take an official uh, to Michigan at some point, and that's another McIlwain. So they've expanded their board a little bit in recent weeks. Uh, but again, I think kind of a wide open position, in my opinion. You know, Ford Ford's a guy they'll have a real shot with, though. His family's big Michigan fans, which doesn't always mean anything, but it doesn't hurt for a kid that from way out there. So. You know, we'll have to see. Well, in March, we talked about uh, tight ends were after Luke Deal was uh, the kid we talked about from Greenwood, South Carolina. Uh, the other one that's popped up uh, on the board that I, I don't think I had noticed him before was Isaiah Foskey, four-star from a great program, De La Salle in Concord, California. Have we offered him? Yeah, Isaiah was offered an eternity ago. Actually, he was actually, I want to say he may have been their first tight end offer of that cycle. Um, interesting recruitment, actually. Uh, you know, he was actually just out sort of out this way uh he went he saw georgia clemson penn state ohio state uh but didn't come up to michigan i actually have a pretty good rapport with him because he was the first tight end offered um he said he wanted he's coming back up to the midwest at some point because michigan notre dame were the two schools he wanted to see uh that they just didn't have time for you know which i mean (laughs) you know then you're naturally you're like okay well so you had time for those other four must mean that you may have a little bit more interest in those programs. Right. Um, Michigan has a really good relationship with the staff up at De La Salle and, you know, De La Salle tight ends are always going to be a hot commodity in my opinion from Michigan, because, you know, like uh, Devin Asiasi, as far as 
Dallas Alec is plays like a tight end heavy offense that that throws their tight end. Like their their players come out at tight end, they come out of high school really well rounded, like more well rounded than most high school programs uh, at the position. So you know, I think that's one of the reasons they offered Bosky so early. I think they offered him after one of the satellite camps up in Northern California. Uh, I think it was the same one that Najee Harris was at. Actually, that's that's the same camp that Michigan offered him at. So he's been on the board for a while. Uh, seems kind of he does though. Seems kind of wide open. Again, we'll just have to see if he follows through and and, and makes those visits. I know Clemson uh, really impressed him, but Clemson's also the favorite for Luke Deal, and I believe Clemson already has a verbal commitment at tight end, so I don't know how they would work that out. I can't imagine them taking three, but uh, you know, I know Clemson, of those four visits, I got the impression from him, because I actually talked to him, said that, got the impression that Clemson was probably the uh, best of those four visits for him, so uh, still a name to watch. Again, tight end. The thing about tight end, it's a late bloomer type position too. Uh, there's always a few like legit guys that come on in senior the senior year. You know, you might have like a undersized offensive lineman that might get some snaps at tight end, or uh, just you go back, you look every year. Michigan's always kind of found a late target uh, at the position. So interested to see how the board develops. But yeah, Luke Deal will be up for the spring game this weekend. Pretty big visit for them, uh, as I do. I think he's a probably the top of their board right now. I do think it's him and Foskey still, but I think Deal's probably number one. Steve, we're recruiting a really good group of offensive tackles, four of which uh, you guys at 24-7 have listed as very warm for Michigan or warm. Uh, let me just run these names down and give me an idea who you think is really leaning towards us. Trevor Keegan from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Then there's William Herod, who we've talked about from Fort Washington, Maryland. Uh, Barnhart from Pawpaw. Michigan, uh, and Jackson Stewart from New Canaan, Connecticut. So I think top three for Keegan, for sure. I'm interested to know when he comes back up. We haven't gotten any confirmation on that. I'd say Ohio State, Wisconsin, probably the other two in that top three. Uh, Herod, again, I'd be very something. I think something would have to happen uh, for him to not eventually end up at Michigan. I know Oklahoma, Oregon are trying, but I think he's a heavy Michigan lean. Barnhart, Michigan's done an excellent job of getting back in. I mean, Michigan State offered earlier, recruited him earlier, uh, but Michigan offered. They've worked pretty hard there. I see him, we talked about this on our board last week, I I see him as a potential center uh, prospect in this class for them. I think they'd like to take a center if possible, and I I think he's the top guy there. And then Stewart, yeah, Stewart's a new name. Uh, A lot of debate on the board about that one, of course, because he's a three-star uh, just it just blows people's minds that Michigan won't go only after four-star prospects. Uh, but he's starting to find a national profile. I know Texas A&M just offered. Uh, I'm trying to think a couple other bigger programs offered. A&M's kind of the one I remembered, though. Uh, definitely a project, but that's what these guys get paid a lot of money for. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, they see things in these guys' films that we'll never see. Uh, and go from there. This is it's a visit. He was on campus uh, four or five days ago, and they offered on the visit. Which is when they offer on a visit, it's always a good indication. Like, hey, they were definitely interested. They just wanted to see the kid in person, either get to know him better or just actually see them physically, uh, and then go from there. So I think the fact they followed through with the offer, given what else they're recruiting up front, uh, I think is a really good indication that they're they're pretty high on him. So uh, again. 
have to see what happens. I believe he's going to be visiting A&M officially at some point. Um, hard for me to wrap my head around a kid from Connecticut going to Texas A&M, but if it's the best opportunity, you know, that obviously it's a great school. So, um, but I kind of get the impression maybe Michigan here, if, if Michigan decides to push, but I mean, they're still recruiting so many guys up front. I mean, you have, uh, John Olmstead, four star to New Jersey was just on campus the other day. They're still slowly trying with Logan Brown, uh, out of East Kentwood, the, uh, four star Wisconsin commitment. They're still slowly trying with Devontae Dobbs, uh, out of Belleville. Like, I don't think either of those are dead yet, uh, by any means. Matter of fact, I think somebody on our board posted Dobbs posted like a himself in a Michigan Jersey, uh, last week, which those little things like get people all riled up. So, um, but they're still trying there, but there's so many possibilities of how that's going to end, uh, up front. I like what they've done so far. And, uh, Again, most of these guys that they're in on are guys like Xavier Trust. I know we've talked about him. I think mm-hmm. he'll be on campus in the next, in the next couple of weeks, the kid out of Rhode Island. Uh, Penn State leads there, but uh, I think, you know, he hasn't been to Michigan yet. That's Quiddy Pay's high school teammate. So, you know, I think they'll do well when he comes up. So, uh, you know, just tons of possibilities still. Uh, they need tackles. You know, uh, Trent Jones, the verbal commit was just on campus again. I think that was huge to get him back up. I mean, he's had some major schools around Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, I want to say, mm-hmm. a couple other, like Texas A&M again, I think is another program there that's working him. I think they got a steal with him. I think he's a easy four-star prospect, probably underranked in my opinion. So uh, tons of possibilities on the offensive line. It's just they got to finish. You know, that's kind of been the theme the last few cycles. They've done well. They haven't done as bad as I think fans perceive that they have up on the offensive line recruiting-wise. It's just they've missed on guys late, and that's kind of what people remember. Um, you know, like guys like last cycle, I thought they did, you know, with Filiaga, Ruiz, uh, Honingford had 30 offers. Stuber was a guy that camped twice. You know, it's like they knew what they were getting with him. So uh, they've done well, but, you know, people only remember the Isaiah Wilsons mm-hmm. and the Nicholas Petit Frères and the Devery Hamilton flipping the Stanford at the last second, you know. Uh, but they, but they do. I think they need to finish on a few of these, and uh, I think the change in staff, uh, without going too into it, I think will will eventually be a benefit. Uh, they have some really aggressive recruiters uh, that are involved in these recruitments. So, with us on our spring update or April update here on our game day segment this week is Steve Lorenz from Twenty Four Seven Sports. And Steve, as far as defensive tackles go, we've talked about Maisie Smith from East Kentwood, Michigan, still a big Michigan target. But there are two other names who are warm on Michigan. I don't think we've discussed them. Uh, Rodas Johnson, he's from St. Francis de Sales down in Columbus, and Ismail Sopcher from Louisiana. Maybe we did talk about him last time, but your thoughts on those two kids, Steve? Yeah, so Smith, far and away the number one target. I think Michigan's in good shape there. Uh, Sopcher, is he from Amity, Louisiana? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I think, again, I think he's a guy that could get up for an official. Uh, and then you can only kind of go from there. I know, I think they've believed it's SEC. He'll probably be a classic, like, LSU-Alabama recruiting battle type thing. So, um, And then with Rodis Johnson, that one I'm not sure about right now. I've been trying to kind of dig on that one a little bit. I, Michigan's defensive tackle board is pretty interesting. You know, I think the one thing to remember and to watch is uh, Chris Hinton, who's already committed. I mean, he's a big dude. 
I, I kind of get the sense that he may slide inside uh, once he gets to college, uh, at least maybe to that anchor position, uh, maybe like the, the Wormley uh, style or a three-tack type spot. So uh, because they're, they haven't really expanded their defensive tackle board at all. Uh, they made those couple of, I think Brodus Johnson's the last guy they offered, actually. They're not recruiting Jawan Briggs uh, out of Cincinnati. A uh, couple other guys they've offered, I can't think of the top of my head, but really there's it's kind of been a small board there. But I think that's partially because they feel so good about Smith and that Hinton could slide inside because you get to the outside on the ends, uh, as I'm sure we're about to, they're they're recruiting a ton of guys on the outside. So I, I that's why I kind of feel like Hinton, Hinton's future may be inside. Well, as you just mentioned, the defensive ends, we already have three commits there, uh, Hinton, Heron from Louisville, and Gabe Newberg from Clayton, Ohio. Who who else are we going after, and how many uh, defensive ends do you think we uh, are contemplating? I mean, it, that's kind of the kind of become the million dollar question this cycle for me. Um, you know, Heron, like I said, we'll see what happens there. I think there's a real chance that he maybe ends up somewhere else. Again, that's not a guarantee. He is he may be up for the spring game this weekend. Uh, if they get him up, that'd be I think welcome, obviously, and great. You know, maybe Michigan can. Uh, get things back on a totally solid ground. But, uh, I mean, geez, there's just more names I can think of. There, uh, George Karlathis, uh, currently committed to Purdue, is a guy – I mean, I was wrong on that one. Uh, when he committed to Purdue, I assumed that meant that Michigan was not going to take him because I felt like Michigan led for a while there. But, no, Michigan would have taken him then, and they would still take him now. Uh, he actually just visited last week, and then Michigan offered his younger brother – He's a 2020. His younger brother is a 2021 prospect. He's six three, two twenty five linebacker. Like these, how do I don't know where these kids come from? Uh, you know how? how <laughs> that's like that's a, I mean that's like an NFL linebacker size already, and he's only a freshman in high school. So um, you know, good for him. And then uh, Adisa Isaac out of Brooklyn, New York. I think he is a guy who is going to fly up the rankings. He's already a low four-star. Uh, he just had a great showing at the opening in New Jersey yesterday. Uh, I think Michigan, Penn State probably uh, are the two teams. You know, he's another guy just got on campus. Uh, they just vis- he visited for three days. I think Michigan that he reminds me he's a Don Brown. Like, granted, he's a guy like that is an anybody, but he's he just kind of strikes me as the kind of guy that Brown like really really covets. Um, Aeneas DeCosmo out of uh, Bergen Catholic in New Jersey is a guy. That's what my crystal ball is currently on Michigan. The only reason I'm like a little shaky on it is just because they're in on so many of these guys. Uh, Mike Morris, four-star Florida State commitment, was on campus last month, uh, which seems really intrigued uh, with what Michigan has to offer. I mean, he's visited Tennessee. He's visiting uh, somebody else, but I know he's just on Tennessee's campus. Oh, Miami. And then uh, brought up Michigan, kind of un, you know, provoked by our Tennessee reporter. Just left me a message last night saying that he had brought up Michigan, kind of unprovoked there. So uh, Michigan's on his mind. I'm trying to think of who else is up there. Uh, there's just there's more than I can even think of right now. Uh, oh, Michael Fletcher, four star out of Flint. I mean, he's a take for sure. Uh, one of the higher ceilings in the entire cycle. I mean, he's got Georgia, Alabama. Uh, Wisconsin are all recruiting him 6'6", 240, um, arms that are 
down to, I mean, he's got some of the longest arms uh, that I can remember, you know, which at defensive end is, is exactly what you want. So, um, you know, he's definitely a big time target. So, yeah, I mean, all those guys, like I said, there's, you know, I, you put everything together. I say Michigan's recruiting board is like an amoeba. And then I just list like seven defensive ends that Michigan has a legitimate chance at. Uh, it makes it really difficult to kind of parse through, you know, like, like I say, I put the Cosmo, a crystal ball in for the Cosmo after that visit. Cause I'm told that Michigan would accept a verbal commitment from him, you know, and two weeks later they've hosted four of the five names I just listed uh, on campus, you know, so it's like, they're not going to take eight defensive ends, you know? So it's like, it's, that's always kind of the interesting part is, uh, you know, learning, you know, or, or parsing through like, who's the guy that they'd go through with, who's the guy they wouldn't Fletcher for sure though, is a guy they definitely would. Um, and I think Carlathis too, uh, you know, with the other guys, I couldn't say a hundred percent for sure. I'd have to assume Isaac as well, but, uh, again, you know, I, again, you, like I said, you look at Hinton maybe sliding inside, Heron not being 100% committed right now, that technically may leave you with, we'll say, one and a half defensive ends right now with Newberg solidly in the fold. So, uh, you know, maybe they take five. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's a real possibility. You get you get Mozzie Smith, you get Hinton on the inside, you're set in the interior, and then you take four or five on the outside. So, um, you know, because I, I look at their last cycle, I think, Upshaw's a guy that's going to slide inside. You know, I don't think he's a defensive end. I think he's a tackle. You know, I think that leaves them with one or two. Welsh off and trying to think I'm missing somebody. I apologize to them uh, for missing. But, you know, they, there's a there's a need there. So I think they're going to take quite a few. It's just, again, the question is how many. Well, we have one inside linebacker committed right now, Charles Thomas from IMG. There are two others we're, we're in on big, though. Brandon Smith, he's from Mineral, Virginia, and a local kid, Marcel Lewis from Chippewa Valley in Clinton Township. Could we take three inside backers in this class? I, I don't see three. I see two for sure. Um, yeah, Smith. He's, I think Michigan, so he's, that's another, you know, our system. I, I'm 95% sure Michigan's recruiting him at Sam on the outside. I mean, he's 6'5". There's no way I really don't see Michigan wanting a six-five guy on the inside. That's more of the, you know, Devin Bush, you know, five eleven, six foot, like speedsters. Yeah. You know, Smith's a guy on the stand, on, on the edge. Lewis definitely more of a classic, uh, Mike style. I know Michigan really impressed after the offer. Uh, I, I I really get the strong impression they're kind of in wait and see mode at, at middle because like they'll host uh, top one hundred Shane Lee this weekend out of St. Francis Academy, which is Biff Pogey's, uh, you know, school up in Baltimore, you know, so I think maybe that's what, what guy that they'll check in, see what's going on there, kind of move on from there. I do believe they want a second Mike though. I mean, Thomas, I, I would have to assume as a Mike, I can't, I don't think he has the speed, at least in a Dom Brown defense to play on the outside. So, um, so I'd, I'd say probably two at the Mike outside wise, I think they can still just be really picky. Uh, you know, they did so well in 17 with Ross, Singleton, Anthony, uh, and then 18, they complemented perfectly. I mean, McGrone was the top outside linebacker prospect in the country, uh, according to us, at 24-7. So, you know, I think they can still afford to be very picky. That's why you see them going after, you know, the Smith, uh, the Smith-type guys or, or a Lance Dixon at Viper, uh, you know, type spot. So, 
uh, it's going to be interesting there. But again, I think they can really, more than almost any other position on the roster, with what they did in 18 with McGrone, it's it's a position that they can really sit back on and go go hard on the elite. You know, Smith's a number one. He's listed, like I said, listed inside, but he's the number one outside. He'd be ranked the number one outside, I believe, too. Um, you can go after the Smiths and and focus on Lance Dixon and and those guys, and then kind of go from there. You know, it reminds me of really a lot of the way they just approached 18 in general after what they did in 16, 17, where they sh- you shoot for the moon, and then you just kind of keep your evaluations open, maybe look for a diamond in the rough type guy, you know, because they could totally afford to take a chance at outside linebacker this cycle, in my opinion. So, um, so we'll see. Smith was a guy I feel like would really like Michigan, though. He just visited. He strikes me, definitely strikes me as a Michigan Notre Dame type kid. Uh, again, not always the case that they end up there, but I usually have a good feel like I have a good read on those types of guys, and he definitely strikes me as a uh, Michigan Notre Dame type kid. So at this point, Steve Seven hard commits. Do you expect a, a slew of verbals this spring and summer, or will the bulk of this class fill out in the fall? It's a great question. It's kind of that, that's it's harder to answer that than usual because of the earlier official visit mm-hmm. season. Um, I think you may see more than you normally would with the elite with the elite kids. I think you'll see a lot of these elite kids take some officials, and I think you'll see some early verbals. I think put it this way one really interesting strategy and it makes total sense i know uh clemson georgia miami are three schools i can say 100 percent for sure are not hosting any kids on official visits this spring they're going to wait until the fall hmm. which is exactly what i would do if i was them though because again we talk about you know like if you're you can well those three schools they can host a lot of those same kids that are going to be coming up to Michigan and Ohio state and maybe going up to, I don't know, Nebraska or something, you know, they can host those kids on unofficials all day long. So why not wait and then roll out the red carpet in the fall, you know, with a packed football stadium at a big game, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, the dynamics of this cycle are really interesting in that regard. I think the early official visit stuff kind of has, not in a, everything in a flux, but I think it's just, you know, nobody really knows for sure how it's going to play out. So uh, to see schools aiming for officials in different points of the year, I think it makes it really interesting. Uh, but it makes sense on both sides. You know, like I said, Michigan would never be getting John Dunmore on an official, on a visit this weekend unless it was an official. You know, there's just no way it would happen. So, um, you know, and the weather doesn't really appear to be on Michigan's side at this point. We'll see what it's like on <laughs> We'll see what it's like on Saturday, but, um, you know, there's always that angle of it too, which doesn't necessarily play to their advantage. But, um, so yeah, so I, I think you're going to see some, maybe some guys who wouldn't normally verbal early that may do it because they may take three or four officials this spring, you know? And at that point, you know, with, with just the way things are now with reporters, like bugging kids for interviews all the time, you know, I think it kids get exhausted of the process. So I think you take five officials this spring or even three or four, I think you'll have some kids that are ready to just make a decision. So, um, you know, but we'll see, like I said, it just, there's no real way to answer it right now, given that this would be the first time that this has happened. Well, a couple of closing questions for you, Steve. Uh, have you had a chance to see Amazon's, uh, all or nothing yet? Uh, I think it's Amazon prime because I haven't, I actually haven't seen it either. Uh, Isaiah whole are, uh, watched, the whole thing and did wrote like a, a really nice review 
on it. If anyone's listening, I'd recommend reading it. I know uh, his big takeaway, which was not a surprise to me, is you know just that these players are people and they're not robots who are designed to make fans happy mm-hmm. or sad based on what they do on the football field. So um, I know that that media availability, I think this week, I think even the players had mentioned, you know, they hope that it brought a more human side, you know, to everything. You get to know some of these guys as actual people, um, you know, because given the pressure that's going to be on the team this year, you know, it's like this, this documentary turned into another like lightning rod for, sorry, but idiot fans to say, well, they should be focusing more on football, you know, as if like, again, playing into that whole idea that these guys are just robots uh, that are on campus yeah. to eat, sleep, and breathe football 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and do literally nothing else with their lives, you know. So, um, and I mean, these this group of like the older guys in this, you know, like the Winovich, Spate. I mean, those are some of the first guys I covered in high school uh, when I first started doing this. So I know these guys like really well. Uh, so the personality aspect doesn't surprise me, especially you know, Winovich is such a unique character. Uh, he always has been. Uh, you know, so it's, it's cool for people maybe that never see that side of these guys to actually get to experience that a little bit. So no, I'm probably going to put it in this week, uh, check it out and and see, I know I've heard a lot about Don Brown, (laughs) which again, doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all though. (laughs) I mean, the guy is, uh, he's exactly as advertised, um, you know, so I'm excited there, but you know, I, I actually, the one thing is, you know, I actually think it's, Gonna be, I, I'm more interested to watch it because they went eight and five. Um, I think you'll, I think you'll see a whole different side. Uh, you know, for those who have, I'm assuming, I'm guessing that I'll see a whole different side of everything than you would if they went. You know, if it was just some mm-hmm. documentary about a 12 and 0. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like uh, seeing these guys in an adverse or uh, you know, not so positive situation. I think you're going to learn a lot more about how the program is run uh, and how, you know, I think maybe breed a little bit more optimism for this season. You know, it's like I was laughing because there was somebody commenting like, man, I just really, it's really great to see like Rashawn Gary, like, you know, be so emotional after a loss. Like, you know, that these guys want it. And it's like, you didn't, shouldn't have had to see that to know that these kids want to win more than any fan does. I mean, they're the ones that pour their blood, sweat and tears into it, you know? So, um, you know, so interested to see that side of things and, and get to know some of these guys on a, on an even bigger level. No, I'm looking forward to it too. I'll have to catch it later this week. So I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about that in the coming weeks and months still. The spring game uh, is this Saturday night under the lights. Uh, it's on BTN. I think it has BTN all to itself Saturday night. Uh, guaranteed we will not learn much, but, you know, as usual, nice to have football back for at least one night, Steve. I agree. You know, it's you're asked about what are you looking most forward to. Um, for me, I, I just I just go the simple route and say I'm I'm interested to see what Shea Patterson does. Uh, I think it's I think we all know what the defense is capable of and is going to do this year. Not saying you're not interested and excited, maybe to see uh, maybe if a guy like Jameric Woods has taken that next step at safety or if the hype about, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll learn a little bit about if the hype for Michael Dwumfor, uh is well-founded at this point, you know? So, uh, but I'm definitely most interested to see 
what Patterson brings to the table. I mean, we've seen him play at the college level, so you know there's some idea out there what he can do uh, and what he can do differently than what Michigan's had at quarterback. But uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, I think he's going to kind of be the main event, I think, for most fans. I think most fans will also want to see maybe how this wide receiver position is developed too. Um, you know, there's always the offensive line. But, again, I, I don't really think you learn a lot about the trenches in these games, especially when they split squad. Uh, it's, you know, the, the five that will be playing on each side of the ball are not the five that will be starting together unless they, you know, rig it to get the same unit on the field. But I, I just, you know, I don't think it's played out that way yet. So, um, so interesting in that regard. But, yeah, definitely most interested in Patterson, most interested uh, – you know, Nico Collins, Tariq, or, uh, not Tariq Black. I've, Tariq's going to have a good year if he's, if, as long as he's healthy. But uh, Nico Collins, Oliver Martin, you know, kind of interested to see what those guys do. We've heard some good things about Oliver Martin this spring. Um, you know, so those types of guys I'm really interested to see. You know, Zach Gentry. I think Zach Gentry is a guy that is could potentially be in line for a huge year. Um, much like Peoples-Jones, I think Gentry's numbers would have been a lot better if he'd had adequate quarterback play uh, to get him the ball throughout the year last year. So uh, given that we should have that uh, in 2018, I think it'll be interesting to see maybe how he looks, but yeah, by and large, it's, you know, it's just another practice is really all it is. Just uh, give the fans a chance to see these guys in their jerseys and, uh, you know, see some new names. You know, I don't, I don't anticipate, well, I guess maybe we'll see Joe Milton. I mean, it's just a practice. Mm -hmm. So maybe he'll get out there and get to throw a little bit. So, you know, maybe they'll, drop him back and let him throw it 80 yards or whatever he can do. Uh, you know, I, I mean, maybe that's part of it too, is to see him. I guess I kind of forgot about that, but uh, given that there's next to no chance that he'll be a factor this year, you know, I think Patterson and what he does, I think is definitely most interesting to me. With us on our game day segment this week has been Steve Lorenz from 24 seven sports. And as you can tell, as always, there is a lot going on in the recruiting scene. So, Next month in May, we'll get you back, Steve, and who knows what will have happened by then. But as always, my uh, my listeners, eat this up, and we look forward to the next visit. Thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate it. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. On Quick Hits today, the spring game is set for a 5.45 p.m. start, so some of the game will be under the lights. Let's hope the weather forecast changes between now and Saturday. As all of us in Michigan know, it can. As of this morning, the forecast is for thunderstorms and temps in the mid-50s, a 90% chance of rain during the game. So bundle up. If you're not heading to the big house, you can watch the game in your dry living room, in your Lazy Boy, on BTN. The number 17-ranked University of Michigan softball team completed the weekend series sweep at Penn State with an 11-1 five-inning decision on Sunday at the Nittany Lions Beard Field. The Wolverines have won seven straight games and 26 of their last 27. Michigan put up six runs in the second inning and four in the third to break open the game and cruised to its second run rule decision in three games. Junior second baseman Faith Canfield, who saw her 17-game hit streak halted the day before, began anew with a two-hit, four-RBI effort at the top of the lineup. 
Senior first baseman Tara Blanco also posted two hits and two RBIs. In all, six different Wolverines tallied base hits in the series finale. Freshman left-handed pitcher Megan Bobian, now 23-2, secured her third win of the weekend, seventh in as many Michigan games, with a one-hit, five-strikeout effort through three innings. It was freshman right-hander Sarah Schaefer who allowed the Penn State run. Schaefer retired the next six batters she faced with one strikeout to close out the contest. It's going to be another weather-permitting week. We're recording on Tuesday morning, and this afternoon is supposed to be a makeup game with EMU. Weather looks good for that. Then Wednesday, a single game with Sparty, and that looks to be the best weather day of the week. Rutgers is in town for a three-game set this weekend with a lot of rain in the forecast. Then next Tuesday, it's off to East Lansing for another game with MSU. Michigan is 31-7 overall, 7-1 in Big Ten play. A ninth-inning rally extended the University of Michigan baseball team's win streak to 15 games on Sunday as the Wolverines defeated the Northwestern Wildcats 7-3 to clinch its fourth consecutive series sweep in the weekend finale at Miller Park. The 15 consecutive wins mark a new record under head coach Eric Bockage. The next longest win streak by a Wolverine team came in 2008 when Michigan won 16 straight. We are 19-11 overall and a perfect 6-0 in Big Ten play. Maryland will be in town for a three-game series this weekend. On Friday or Saturday, I'll publish this month's Michigan Man Extra. I'll give you a heads up on Facebook or Twitter when it goes live. My guest will be former Michigan standout Mario Ojemudia. We'll find out what he's up to now, talk about his Michigan career and his NFL career that was cut short by injury, and get his thoughts, of course, on what's happening with our current Wolverines. That will do it for another edition of The Michigan Man. Thanks for joining me, and make sure you tell your friends and family about the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!